1: I love brains, and that's that brains are the topic of this week's episode, Wendy.
0: <laughs> Whoa, what a weird coincidence, Yes,
1: yes, it is a weird coincidence. Um, we're talking about zombies today, yes, and so, um, what do you think was the first zombie movie you ever saw, Wendy that I ever saw yeah. oh well, I mean, I don't
0: know if it counts as a movie, but I would probably say the the Michael Jackson thriller, um like the extended video, oh with the intro and everything like that.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick. I, you know, when we were working on the show outline, I completely forgot about the thriller video. Oh,
0: I know. Well, that's what I'm here for. Here to remind you about the awesome dancing
1: zombies. Yep. Yeah, that well, I believe that was Michael Jackson's greatest triumph. It was
0: the first record album that I ever owned, actually. The thriller the...
1: with the, like, mm-hmm. like him with the tiger. Remember he's mm-hmm. like slain by that tiger? You're like, what is this about? <laughs> oh, I remember. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. My parents let me stay up and watch the video as it was being premiered on That's awesome. Friday night videos. And I think my sister was having a sleepover. So I think Allison was having a sleepover. So like I got to come down and watch it. And she was nice. like, why is Mike here? No, she wasn't that That's bad. Funny. She was sweet to me. She wasn't like, <laughs> oh, "Gosh, get out of <laughs> here, know. you
0: big jerk. We all know how nice she is since she's been on the show so many times. Yeah. So you can't you can't make her sound... Sound not nice at
1: that point. She was nice earlier in my life. She, she, right, she had tortured me, she tickled me until I vomited. Um, <laughs> she was that kind of wonderful sister. Oh, and, well, so sweet. And that, I mean, so that was the second probably zombie movie I ever saw. The first one, and what was the first? What well, was Night of the Living Dead?
0: Oh man, what a great
1: way to get initiated! Yeah, what a terrifying way to get initiated because I was like <laughs> six years old and I, I um and it's so ridiculous the movie is so ridiculous and we're going to talk more about not living dead uh in the meat of the program are we going to talk about when we visited the scene from there uh i
0: completely forgot about that too oh my gosh mike i know <laughs> well see I it's am, a good thing i'm here even I though i don't useless. know i might not know much but i do remember
1: you do remember us going to the actual cemetery where they did That's they right. filmed not living dead um no but it, it's funny so i uh, so that terrified me and to speaking of my sister she was making fun of me cuz i was so scared i was like 6 years old and she was she not scared no she was 13 and she was watching it with my dad and when you're coming at it i mean this is maybe 14 years after it came out it's in black and white it's an independent film so the special effects are are pants um if you if you're not coming at it from a very serious perspective it is fairly ridiculous <laughs> So, so they weren't scared, but I was like captivated and I was like, oh my God, zombies. Like I, I was just terrified.
0: Well, it's funny how when you're a little kid and you see those movies and even when they have the really cheesy effects, you're, you're a child and you, your imagination is more vivid. So, you know, you're really caught up in it and you see those things and it, it, I mean, yeah, I, I had so many nightmares from, uh, that movie Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. And you weren't even oh a
1: gosh. little kid with Pets. No, I was, like, I was in like seventh grade yeah, or something. Yeah, I came out in 89, 88, 89. I remember it. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me too. That's yeah. not weird. That was a scary okay. one. That was a <laughs> because good scary I was like,
0: I was like, I watched it in a sleepover with one of my friends and like, you know, it was for weeks I had nightmares about it. It was terrible. Yeah. And now I have now I saw it on, uh, I think it was on over the air television as like
1: a rerun at some point. And I, I'm like...
0: It's so stupid looking. It's right. not
1: scary at all. <laughs> right. I mean, I've seen I've seen that Living Dead like thirty times, like literally about thirty times since that original. Wow. Thing, and it doesn't. You really like it. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. It's a good movie to study too because it's such a low budget film, and uh, it's a great idea and the way the shots are done and everything and the way the characters interact mm. with each other. It's a good example of how you make a movie for like twenty eight dollars.
0: They get a lot of screams per dollar. Yes, huh?
1: absolutely. Like <laughs> with that one, it's like screams per penny. Like there's so <laughs> many screams that they that they do it. So uh, I so I always saw Night a Living Dead to be a really valuable example. Plus, anybody can show it anytime, anywhere, because they screwed up and there's no copyright on Night a Living Dead. Oh man. So people over the years have re um like these are for videos and things. Yep, they re-release it for things you that's can so cool you can legally take it you can overdub it you can screw around with it and you can sell that and you can,
0: wouldn't it be fun if everything was that way well i mean i guess i don't care that much about the selling part but to be able to to just take something and put your own creative twist on it and yeah
1: and just mess with it whenever it you want and like you know that, and not worry about lawsuits and that's the magic of <laughs> creative sort of commons true yeah that's that's right and so that's one of the reasons that that's fun But But, um, the time
0: when we we visited the scene, so the cemetery that we went to was from, like,
1: one of the main scenes from that movie, right? Yeah, the opening of the movie takes place. It's a a sister and a brother, and they're going to visit uh, the grave of their parents. And so that's when um, they get attacked by a zombie. Okay. That's, like, the, the opening of the film. And we happen to be in... Pittsburgh, right?
0: Yep. Pittsburgh. Yeah, we yeah. were
1: we were in Harmony, Pennsylvania, I believe, mm-hmm. hanging out with one of our buddies.
0: Yeah, our friend Dave was like showing us the local the local scenes, and drove us up there. And it was late at night; it was dark. And I gotta say, it was a pretty scary scene. I mean, I didn't see any zombies, but I would definitely not want to have been there alone.
1: No way. No, <laughs> but I just thought it was great, though, that you know we got to see where they actually shot it because um, George Romero, the guy that directs it, uh, he's from Pittsburgh okay so that's and you know that's where you got to start and everything and cool. you know we might as well get into night of living dead right now we're already talking uh, about okay that. i'm
0: sorry i didn't mean to no, I, that's, I just want
1: to make I, we brought it up so i wanted to, that's to mention perfectly it to okay that. i didn't even make any room for small talk this week i was just like <laughs> zombies what do you think
0: that's okay i hey i opened up the show with <laughs> <mine>. <laughs> right,
1: right zombies factor friction. um no but there is uh the thing is, is that what we think of as zombies was really created by George Romero. Really? Yeah. So, in 1968, when Night of the Living Dead came out, um, that's... Before... No, there... I mean, what we think of as zombies. So, when we talk about a movie, okay. the zombie apocalypse, when we could, when we talk about the Night of the Living Dead, yeah. like, he created those monsters specifically for his film.
0: Okay. But the concept of a zombie, I mean, like... The whole voodoo culture and and whatnot with, well that's that's right and <clears throat> that existed before he didn't just like wake up one day and go hey
1: no he didn't he did dead people walking and he in. did take a lot of the inspiration um, in the nineteen fifties there was a book called I Am Legend by the great Richard Matheson, the Will Smith movie ah uh, if I could come through my computer <laughs> and strangle you I. Woo! uh woo. Woo. welcome to earth oh, oh. <laughs> uh no 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 yes they made a they made a will smith movie called i am legend <laughs> that was nothing like the book no will smith zombie no in, in, i'm oh. not gonna spoil i am legend for you okay if you sorry i
0: i'm taking this way off course <laughs> if you but. haven't
1: but but no the thing is i am legend is about like one of the guys who's the last people alive on earth Oh, and so everybody okay. else gets infected with this vampire virus. So it's Ooh. a man who's surrounded by On the run <laughs> by vampires. And he goes around during the day and he kills like Zombieland. Yeah. And he kills vampires during the day. And then at night he holds up in his house and they all wait outside his house and they taunt him and they want to get in and everything. But he's got all the vampire stuff. Man,
0: that sounds exactly like Zombieland. It is. I mean, was that is that where we going to talk about that? Am I taking away the.
1: the no, I, I wasn't even okay. going to put Zombieland in there. That's so good. No, Zombieland's a great movie. There's no question. Okay, but I am legend, so it's worth a read. Yeah, and I'm not going to spoil this, but (laughs) even the term I am legend is important to the theme of the book. And the Will Smith movie completely turns that around to – it's – the Will Smith movie is a is it could be a cool movie on its own, but it shouldn't be called I Am Legend because they actually changed the meaning of the entire story. Oh, man. The entire story wow. is different. So okay. I think I think the direction is pretty good. I think the action is pretty good. I think the special effects are great. They just shouldn't have called it that. They could have say influenced, but but it's just a completely different story. It, ah!
0: it, they just happened to choose that title. It, it it wasn't like loosely based on the book or anything like that at all. It's just you know.
1: It, no, it, they say it's a... They say it's a ver- oh, like an interpretation? Of like the a- book. They actually say oh, that you know really? this is based on the story. And it's like, wow. well, it's kind of based on the story, but it, they, they... Okay. I have digressed to a point. Anyway, I am legend. Take the movie off it, change the character names, and you might have a pretty good something there. Woo! <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> okay. So, but in 1964, <laughs> they make a version of it called The Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price. And I've heard of that. a lot of the visual cues in Night of the Living Dead come from The Last Man on Earth, that that movie. Not the, not the, not the new show with Will Forte, which, <laughs> which is actually a pretty funny show. Last Man on Earth is creative. It's yeah. funny. It's really different. And so I, I'm enjoying it. I watch it. Um, and eventually they made it again in 1973 as Omega Man with Charlton Heston. Uh, which was a pretty good movie too it that one didn't hew as close to the book either but at least it came a little closer to the spirit and then there's will smith uh his version Ooh. <laughs> yeah uh right um so his but the thing is that was a real big influence on night of living dead with these vampires this lone man surrounded by vampires
0: that's that's a, just a a terrifying thought for anyone. I mean, who wants to be the last like normal human left with just monsters around you? Nobody,
1: just, no, that's right. why it's scary. And, and yeah, and night, for night of living dead or... one of the reasons it scared the crap out of me was that there's no reason that it happens. <laughs> oh gosh, so they never give an explanation. And that was one thing. And you take science fiction and horror of the 1950s and all these alien invasion movies like The War of the Worlds or um uh you know any of the uh, even um what was the one with the pod people invasion of the body snatchers and stuff oh, yeah, yeah. you know invasion of the body snatchers has kind of a downbeat ending um mm-hmm. spoiler alert for a 51 year old movie but <laughs> you kind it kind of gives an explanation to why these things are happening you know, and if there's an explanation to it, that means it can be stopped. And in the 1950s, scientists were the good guys in the movies. You know, they weren't the bad guys until oh, later on. Yeah. So scientists would be like, I'm going to figure out a problem. And then the scientists would figure out a problem. They'd give it to the hero, and the hero would save the day. And in Night of the Living Dead, there is no solution. There is no cause. There is no solution. It's just like, you know what? Guess what? World's over. Humans lost.
0: Oh gosh.
1: And so that's why it always it's pretty depressing. Yeah, and, it, and it, it it was pretty depressing. And so that's one of the reasons it, it scared the crap out of me. And, um, you know, we, we talk about the influences that that George Romero had when he first worked on the script for Night of Living Dead. that traditional uh, you mentioned the voodoo stuff, and mm-hmm. that was a form of zombie, but um, the zombies in Night of Living Dead are more like ghouls, which are an Arabic. Um, legend, and, okay. and ghouls were like beings that hung around graveyards.
0: Yeah, I always thought of, I thought ghouls were kind of basically ghosts. Like, is that something different? Or yes. Ghosts and ghouls? Okay. Yeah,
1: so a ghoul is a an evil genie.
0: Whoa. Who
1: are, and a genie is a child of, um, who was born from Iblis, who we talked about when we talked about the Yazidi. Because Iblis right. is the, um, the Islamic devil. And so, uh-huh. there you go. So, it's an Arabic folklore. And ghouls eat flesh. So, there are evil genies that hang around graveyards and eat flesh.
0: Nom, 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 yep.
1: nom. It's a sound. You know, that sounds like, uh, to me, that, that sounds like zombies. And then in, sure in European folklore, we had revenants. And revenants were reanimated corpses.
0: Oh, I've never heard that word before. So, a
1: revenant. Huh. is a corpse who comes back to life and um, keeps doing bad. It usually was somebody who did something bad in real life. So it was like a troublemaker, probably, a, you know, in today's world, be a guy who's in and out of prison all the time. So bad in life and bad in death. Bad in life. That's exactly right. So what they were saying, you know, a revenant, eventually they had to exhume the body and then cut his head off. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, that's that's how they handled That's how they handled vampires. That's how they handled, you know. Anytime, like, an affliction would happen to a town, they would look for some reason for it. You know, let's say a lot of people were dying. Let's say that the, the sheep were getting killed. I, I don't know. Whatever happens in a medieval yeah. town, let's say the cheese goes sure, bad. Sure, they
0: get the plague comes around or, like,
1: the, the, you know, locusts come and eat their crops or something. Right. They needed something to blame it on. And they would blame it on revenants.
0: Bad people. Yeah. Bad
1: and, and so they would blame it on these bad people that just came back. That's like, well, you know, this person died and now they're even more powerful because they're they're dead. So um, reanimated corpses in revenants, eating flesh, ghouls. Now, where does the actual zombies, where we get the term, come from? Well, that's Haitian voodoo folklore of um, a zombie was a reanimated corpse who mm-hmm. was created by a bokor which is uh, a sorcerer, in um, a voodoo sorcerer. And the bokor, they're not strictly good, the hungans, um, and they're not strictly bad. Bokor are sorcerers who they say work magic with both hands. And that okay. means they do light magic and they do dark magic. And part of that dark magic is raising people from the dead and then controlling them as slaves.
0: Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's really evil.
1: Yeah, right. So that's a that's their slave, like labor force mm. is kind of what they that's what uh their zombies that they, they dealt with. So that's like Voodoo and Haiti, I mean there was a movie called White Zombie in nineteen thirty two, which is a, and again, this is nineteen thirty two, so their their racial um you know, their their racial attitudes are not quite as how you say enlightened desires ours today. So it's about a, sure. a white woman going to Haiti who gets um, a sort, like a, this plantation owner falls in love with her, has a sorcerer pretend that she's dead, bring her back to life. And so he can control her as his love slave. And that's an introduction to the, I mean, it started Bella Lugosi who a year before had started in Dracula. So he's a big star at the time. And uh, so a white zombie was kind of America's introduction to the concept of bring, killing somebody and bringing them back to life and making them your slave. Hmm. And, you know, white, like, kind of th- you used to talk about white slavery for human trafficking.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I remember learning about uh, the, the Haitian, the voodoo thing um, back in French class when we studied that that chapter. And, um, one of the things that stuck with me was the zombie powder.
1: Ah, yes. tetratoxin
0: Yes. Yes. So I, I always thought that was interesting because it's kind of a little, little bit of a, like a sort of scientific thing to explain how this might have, uh, yeah, you know, no, that's started rumors or, or, or legends of people coming back from the dead. So, so the powder, um, what is it? It, it, like it actually paralyzes them and they look like they're dead, but they're not quite. So the family would bury them and then they'd.
1: Well, that now this is the controversial part, not controversial to who, I don't know anybody that cares about zombies. Um, (laughs) Okay. So now you're getting into the serpent and the rainbow. Oh, okay. Sorry. I skipped ahead. That's okay. That's okay. We're talking about Haiti. We're
0: talking about zombie powder is just, Zombie powder is just such a cool like well, let's t- it sounds cool. Yeah, I'm going to give you some horrible. Zombie
1: powder. but what what you I mean what you're really doing is giving somebody roofies that mm, eventually mm. you take them over. So that's I mean, so that- So
0: it, it takes away their mind control but it freezes their body or something.
1: Okay. Go
0: so ahead, Serpent I'm sorry. in I'll, the, I'll the Rainbow, asking. there's a guy
1: named Wade Davis. And Wade Davis was a, he's a Canadian uh, scientist and he starts studying uh, these stories that he heard Now he was embedded with various tribes in South America And he's getting to know natives and everything And, and he hears these stories about Haitian zombies Specifically um, Let me find The specific story here is a good one About a guy um, Named Clervius Narcisse mm-hmm. Now in 1962 He died He was given a funeral and was buried in front of his family and then in 1980, he wandered back into his own village. He said that um, there was a voodoo sorcerer that used a zomb- the zombie powder on him and put him into a coma that made him look like he died. So he can still feel everything. He can still hear everything. It's just that your body gets slowed down to such an extent.
0: Okay. So you're, it's almost like a, a, a deep, deep coma right. state. And
1: then if it, they don't really have great medical facilities there, then it looks like you're dead. Okay? And so um, they also say that you lose enough, you lose enough um, oxygen that it causes a little bit of uh, you know, brain damage and everything. And, and that's mm-hmm. why when they wake up completely disoriented, um, they are they think they're under the spell of the bokor, the sorcerer. Wow. So uh, So Clairvius said that um, he worked on a plantation with other zombies for, for years and then Jeez. the sorcerer died the plantation owner died and he said he regained enough of his consciousness where it occurred to him that he should leave the plantation and go somewhere else and then he wandered for around for a while and eventually made his way back to his hometown so that's that's the, i mean his is the the story of the real zombie story so
0: he survived the 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 poisoning or whatever and yeah but he was living basically he was living like a zombie
1: mm-hmm. and so wade davis went down <laughs> there to study it and he talked to Clarvius and everything and then released a book about it called the serpent and the rainbow in the early 1980s and Interesting. uh it's the zombie powder he says is a combination of tetrodotoxin and bufatenin chemicals derived from the venom of the puffer fish so you know fish and (laughs) you know they get all big and they got spines and stuff like that so chemicals from the puffer fish and from uh a toad and um when they give those things to a human things look like death and they eventually made a movie about that and so this is so this is a different serpent the rainbow is a different kind of zombie movie it's made by wes craven and he did nightmare on elm street last house on the left um he did some really classic horror movies. And source uh Serpent the Rainbow stars Bill Pullman uh who to bring it back to Will Smith in Independence Day. He's the president in Independence Day. Bill Pullman hey. is the president. Ooh. Um and so in the Serpent the Rainbow is a fictionalized version of of the of that story. That movie is the fictionalized version of that story. It's got a uh like a Harvard uh, scientists being sent by people in the anesthesia industry to go down to Haiti in the middle of their uh, in the middle of their really rebellious period because they had a dictator in place in the 1970s and it was all about uh, he goes down there, falls in love with the voodoo sorcerer's daughter. You know, he's got a spirit animal and he sees a spirit animal at just the right size. It's like a mixture of magic and and science <laughs> and it's a really great movie. That sounds really cool, and actually. I loved I mean the just the uh I remember being maybe twelve years old or eleven years old when I saw the trailer and it's okay. got Bill Pullman and it looks like he's about to be buried and he just says, <laughs> Don't let them bury me. I'm not dead. Whoa. And it scared the crap out of me. Like that was just imagine. Yeah, and then I saw the movie and the movie's really scary. And it's really good. And um it's not like a, in the 80s, a lot of horror was gory, you know, serial killer, uh, slasher movies, you know, and some of them were, you know, were pretty cool. But The Serpent and the Rainbow is more of a psychological, mystical, you know. And
0: those can be even more terrifying than the the gory ones. <laughs> right.
1: And then The Good Priest is played by um, Paul Winfield, who's a, a, he's an actor I always really liked. Um My favorite role of his was uh, there was a TV show called The Charmings, where before Once Upon a Time, it was about, um, let's say, Snow White and Prince Charming living in modern day Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay. And they live with his mother-in-law, and his mother-in-law was evil, like Snow White's mother was evil. okay. So he lives with the mother-in-law, and the mother-in-law is always talking to the mirror, asking the mirror, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. And then Paul Winfield is the mirror- and he's sarcastic, and he's funny, and anyway, so he's a character I always like, an actor I always liked, and then he's the good priest in *The Serpent and the Rainbow*. I and um, if you guys haven't seen that one, I believe it's on Netflix, so that's the one you can check out right away. Um, and that's a that's more of a realistic, well, realistic quote unquote. <laughs> but that's based on you know, the story of Wade Davis, who studied uh, *Clavius Narcissi* and who uh, studied this zombie powder. Yeah, that, like
0: so, so the actual real world version of of what you know the, the movie zombies I guess. Yeah, the the closest thing we have that we know of.
1: Right. Well, that's that's the thing and we'll get to that um we'll talk about because like people really wonder if a zombie apocalypse could happen. And well, we'll get there.
0: Let's hope not.
1: Right. Well, the thing is so the zombie as a, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before about Night of the Living Dead and the scary parts about it. Um, they never gave a reason. You know, there is no, there is no solving this crisis. And The Walking Dead TV show is like that too. So The Walking Dead is, there's no way to fix this. There's no way for it to get better. There's zombies and that's it. And we're gonna, this is a new condition we're going to have to live yeah, that's with.
0: that's not depressing. No
1: but george george romero's original movies they all kind of do they all have a particular kind of social commentary to them um and it's really like people over i think they overemphasize the importance of this in his movies and they also make it a little more overblown like george romero does a great job and these are really cool aspects of his movies but um they're all heavy-handed and not subtle at all. Like a lot of Night of the Living Dead is about racism because – I mean – and parts of it are about racism. Part of it is just because he had a black guy as the lead character, which in 1968 – Yeah, that's not – Right. That didn't happen a lot. And, too common. And that was a cool thing. Um, and it's his interaction. They never bring race into it actually with his interaction with the other characters. But um, that is something – to it, and so I mean, people talk about that aspect of *Night of the Living Dead*. *Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead* takes place in a mall, and the zombies are walking through the mall, um, and that's the idea that it's some kind of criticism of consumer culture. That, like, you know,
0: you will be you will be <laughs> punished,
1: right? Like, you know,
0: your materialism, right?
1: You're materialistic. You walk into the mall and you're just buying crap you don't need, and you're doing it un- mindlessly, unthinkingly. <laughs> right. right? And you kinda get that in the movie, but then you also kind of get, you know, it's awesome when a helicopter blade cuts a zombie's head off.
0: Right. And a mall is such a great place for a scene too, because there's just so many different things in a mall where where stuff could happen, you know? Yeah,
1: you can hole up in there,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got a whole food court.
1: Yeah. You got options. Yeah, and then uh Day of the Dead, uh, that's about ten years that happens about ten years after Dawn of the Dead. That that takes place on a military base and that kind of uh, satirize, satirizes militarism. Like the real villain okay. of the film isn't the zombies; it's the uh, military captain in the film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like in uh, Avatar. I'll yeah, like that.
1: and so, but you'd say like, okay, so what do the what do the zombies have to deal with there? Well, it's it's uh, it's following orders and not questioning mm-hmm. them, like a zombie. And then Land of the Dead, made 20 years after that, is about income inequality. And this Land of the Dead has some cool kill shots in it. It's got some cool scenes but the uh, income inequality symbolism in it isn't like, it's just so latent. It's um, it's too obvious. And you know, like they still have money in there. You know, they still talk, people are still worried about money after the zombie apocalypse in that movie. <laughs> and it's like, how are you worried about uh, money? Okay. There are zombies eating people's flesh. Right. You're just trying to keep this world together. The and, only thing you should worry about is staying alive. Right. You're worried about, uh, you know, that this, backed with the full faith and credit of the United States government, there is no United States government. Everybody's dead. Who cares about money? But and then after that, he made some more movies, which I've seen. um, and they're horrible. So don't worry about any social satire or anything there because, um either he needs some money or he needs a new scriptwriter to kind of enliven his career, I think I see so, okay.
0: Well, he did have a good run. So he did have
1: a good run. and night, better of, than most. <laughs> night, dawn, and day of the dead are all—I mean—classic films. And he's made some other classic films too. He made um, some Stephen King adaptations. And so George is fine. He's a—he's a credit to Pittsburgh. It's just his—you know—his new zombie movies aren't any good. But um, he provided the template for what we call the zombie apocalypse. That this is the end of the world. You know, like have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead? Um, no. Okay. Shaun of the Dead is a, a great movie. Simon Pegg, super funny, English, so keep your ears open because the jokes come fast and they don't all make sense to American ears, but it's great. I mean, it's, Shaun of the Dead's a classic movie. And, um, but at the, I mean, it kind of resolves itself. It's not the end of the world. It's not the apocalypse, you know? And that's kind of, these dead movies are so terrifying. And I think that's one of the reasons people are super fascinated with them. Um, because it's a world that will never come back from. Yeah. Right. And, and also zombies, you can probably, it's not that hard to kill them. <laughs> like you just need a shot to the brain or like something. And they're slow moving and everything. But when there's a lot of them, they'll just kill, they'll take you out. You don't, have a, you don't stand a chance. Right. And so th- don't even try. that's why people were so bothered when you got fast zombies. Oh, yeah. Right. Zombies that run. And that kind of, like, they introduced that in these movies called Return of the Living Dead. And Return of the Living Dead with, um, were these, like, tongue-in-cheek comedy horror zombie movies of the 1980s. And they're good. I mean, they're pretty funny. And that's where we get the whole concept of zombies looking for brains. Right. So in the, in the other zombie movies in George Romero, they just want to eat your flesh. You know, they'll eat your arm, <laughs> they'll eat anything. In the Return of the Living Dead movies, that's where, like, brains, that's where they start talking about brains. Like, I smell your brains. And they're also kind of intelligent. Like in the Return of the Living Dead movies, they're funny. Like, like, um, right. They, you know, there's a scene where you have the zombie picking up, um, the, uh, the transmitter in, like, a, um, a cop car or whatever, and he's just like, send more cops. You know, that's the whole, I mean, that, it all, I do remember that. Yeah, so that all comes from the return of the living dead and their desire for brains. And that kind of eked its way into our social consciousness um, from there. So now we think of zombies eating brains instead of just your flesh. And then they were fast in those movies. They made a film called 28 Days Later. Um where the zombies, they call it the rage virus, takes over the United Kingdom. And they're fast zombies too, because they're not reanimated corpses. They're people who are, uh, you know, just, they want to bite you and they want to spread the virus. Now, this is where we get to how a zombie apocalypse could really happen.
0: Wait, what? No. Right. Okay. Nope. If they attack, it's just they're gonna all be dancing in formation, right? Just that, like in Thriller.
1: That's what we'd hope.
0: And I'm gonna join them.
1: There you go. And you and you're hopefully that's that's how they won't know that you're not a zombie, right? Exactly. They won't try to eat my brains because. Well, that's be the whole thing. The virus, um, because the virus wants to spread, you know. And so it, but can a virus control our minds? Can it make us do things we wouldn't want to do? Well, maybe not a virus but a brain parasite could. Okay. Mm. A brain parasite like what? Well, there is a fungus um, called Ophia cordyceps, commonly known as zombie ant fungi. So when uh, the ants get... Uh, infected by the zombie ant fungi they can manipulate the behavior of the ant. They release chemicals that control the ant's brain. So it makes the ant um, bite into a certain kind of leaf where the ant will, uh, where the, I'm sorry, where the fungus can reproduce better. So it controls the behavior of the ant, and that's why they call them zombie ants. And this fungus can do it, and it's not just ants. So you're like, well, an ant's an insect. Well, let's talk about mammals. All right, and this is actually a pretty interesting. Um, this is actually one of my favorite fungus, <laughs> no, <laughs> our brain parasite, um, Toxo. One of one of them. Toxoplasmosa is a certain kind of parasite that reproduces inside of cats' bodies. In fact, that's the only place they reproduce inside of cats' bodies. Okay? But what they can do is when they infect a rat, they know that cats eat rats. They will make the rats run towards the cats. Oh, my gosh. So that the rats get eaten. No. So that the rats get eaten. All right. That's amazing. And then they reproduce inside the cats. That's amazing. So, yeah, there's a parasite that can force you to actually um, do that crazy kind of behavior and kill yourself. And it happens in mammals. Now, I'm not saying that it can happen in humans because actually, like, 50% of all humans actually have um, toxoplasma. Okay. We have have this brain parasite. Um, And... Hmm. Actually, because that parasite can be found in uh, like cat urine and like the litter boxes and stuff. So you know, they say, they say pregnant women sh- pregnant women should not be handling litter boxes, and that's because of this parasite. Because if you're pregnant and your immune system, um, you know, is more vulnerable than at other times, then it can have an effect on humans. Otherwise, if your immune system is fine, uh, Toxoplasma won't, won't, won't do anything to you. But a couple interesting interesting things about Toxoplasma. All right, number one, it's a theory of why we domesticated cats, why we love cats, why okay. people spend time with cats. Well, fifty yeah. percent of the fifty percent of humans are dog people. Fifty percent are cat people, right? Well, what if the cat people have Toxoplasma? And so they need to spend more time around the cats, oh, just God. like the rats. Now, that's obviously no science behind that right there. <laughs> There's no science behind that. <laughs> no. But you have a brain parasite that could be a reason that we love cats. If it's really that smart. Okay. Well, it's smart or evolved or... The, I mean, the thing is, there was a study done uh, at Charles University in Prague and psychological questionnaires to people infected with toxoplasma those infected he found show a small but statistically significant tendency to be more insecure and self-reproaching than those who don't paradoxically infected women on average tend to be more outgoing and warm-hearted while infected men tend to be more jealous and suspicious oh, strange so this is i mean he found <laughs> statistic significance which you know that, that's meaningful but need, you need to be repeated Um, Right, But there is something to it. Okay. And so there's more work done. This one done in the Stanley Medical Institute in Bethesda, Maryland. This Mm -hmm. scientist um, had noticed that pregnant women with high levels of toxoplasma antibodies in their blood were more likely to give birth to children who would later develop schizophrenia. Mm. So they raised human cells in a Petri dish and infected them with this toxoplasma. Then they dosed the cells with a variety of drugs used to treat schizophrenia. Several of the drugs, most notably haloperidol, blocked the growth of the parasite. So, could brain parasites make us crazy?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't see why not.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, they can make rat they can control rats' behavior and yeah. make them suicidal. Um I mean, that, that level of like
0: <laughs> that makes it sound like it's it's I don't know, well, like, smarter than than it probably
1: actually is, right. but I mean- No, I don't think it's intelligent, but can these things, I mean, they get into this and they affect behavior, and if they can latch on to the right part of the brain to make you go towards a cat, oh, cats, I love cats, that's great, why do, I don't know if I love cats, well, now you do. I mean, they make, it makes rats run towards cats, it's freaky. Yeah,
0: definitely freaky. And so, I mean- Can't deny
1: you know, that's – I think that's the best, best argument that a zombie apocalypse could really happen. And, you know, but what I think is funny about this, though, is the CDC actually did a whole campaign for preparedness using the zombie apocalypse. What? Oh, that's right. Okay? And it was a whole reason of, like, how to be prepared. And it's, it's the same kind of stuff, like, if there was a – um you know, some kind of outbreak of something. You know, stay inside. Remember ten years ago when they had this preparedness kit for a terrorist invasion, a terrorist attack. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like <laughs> the Homeland Security said, here's things you should have at home, and it was it was stuff like duct tape. And like my mom made she if she made a home like terrorism preparedness kit, Aww. and she was like, well, you know, we got to make sure that you know you have a home preparedness kit. <sighs> And I'm like, thanks, mom. I, I appreciate that.
0: Hey, you know what? That's a mom who loves you.
1: Yes, it is a mom who loves me. But the CDC made a whole like graphic novel <laughs> about this, <laughs> you know, about, you know, the zombie pandemic and it, it, it the CDC people are like the heroes in it. It's great. <laughs> it's good. This is your tax dollars at work. Um You know, but that's the whole idea of—and the CDC actually features in The Walking Dead, and it's actually one of the most grim places that The Walking Dead—you know, because they go there and the guy at the CDC is like, there's no cure. We're all going (laughs) to die. So— yeah that's terrifying so the cdc is probably Depressing. like oh my god the most popular show on cable is having us being like these downers right um we should probably release something and well also <laughs> but also use that because it is important because it right. zo- gets
0: people's attention
1: if a zombie apocalypse happened everybody's like well you just need weapons and stuff like that well yeah but also you need the basic things to survive and you know if you didn't have so wendy just saying like where you live um how close are you uh, like how close are you to food if you didn't have any food in the house
0: ah uh, you know it's maybe like a 5 minute walk okay
1: so you're 5 minutes away and what a ab- target <laughs> and okay and what about when your neighbors have looted all of that
0: <laughs> yeah that's well that's the thing it's, i mean I, I technically i guess
1: i could just go next door and steal food from somebody but right i'm not that kind of girl of course not of course not but desperate times call for desperate measures right well we've already seen you know um in riots in the united states and things like that like when the when the uh, oh new orleans yeah when the grid goes dark yeah like what's gonna happen and that's one of these things about these zombie movies too is they're like you know the walking dead eventually becomes like the bad guys aren't really the zombies because zombies are mindless you know parrot you know there's no paris they don't talk about a virus or anything there's z- i mean they just there's no reason in the Walking dead either but the zombies are mindless like automatons that just eat things. You know, they're not crafty. They're not clever. Mm -hmm. The real people you have to worry about are... or I mean, the real enemy you have to worry about are people. Because people are clever and they're mean and they'll kill you and they're selfish. And when they get desperate, yeah. And they'll do things to you. So... I mean that this whole CDC, like we'll put a link to this CDC graphic novel, so everybody can enjoy it. But it's just about all the things. It's like what you would do in a quarantine. You know, it's like staying indoors. It's you know having all this stuff ready at home. It's you know um, watching who you hang out with and all this kind of stuff. And um, so our uh, Centers for Disease Control absolutely use that uh, to try and get some um, to try and get some attention out for emergency preparedness. (laughs) <laughs> nice. so i mean there's some other kind of stuff that people think could be a reason that a zombie apocalypse could happen like some of it's um mad cow disease you know and we all know like mad cow disease i mean mad cow disease just makes cows go bonkers you know mm-hmm. the 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 bovine spongiform encephalopathy uh which is i mean mad cow is very that's a lot easier to say um Oh, yeah, definitely, I'll say. (laughs) Right. And, you know, remember that, I mean, the whole thing happened in the UK, and they had to kill, like, millions of their cattle. Like, that was just a, you know, a complete tragedy. Um, And it can be transmitted to human beings, and it's just a neurodegenerative disease. Um, Same like that chronic wasting disease. Remember we had to do that in Wisconsin? Like, did they kill all the deer in Wisconsin that had chronic wasting disease? And you couldn't eat anything or anything like that because you could get it? Right. So, I mean... These diseases, like, you know, some of the websites that say, like, oh, real ways that a zombie, you know, that a zombie apocalypse can happen. Well, yes. I mean, there are neurodegenerative diseases that can make you do stupid things and act crazy and all that kind of everything. But um, they don't make you eat people. You know, Uh, one of my favorite stories in the past few, not my favorite stories, I'm acting like this is happy news, but it's bath salts.
0: You remember bath salts? Oh, yeah. Right, uh, sort of. It was like people were using them as a drug or something. Yeah, well,
1: no, I mean, they were calling this special kind of methamphetamine. You know, like they called it oh, blue sky on, uh, okay. they call lot the stuff in Breaking Bad blue yeah. sky. Well, they were calling it bath salts. And uh, they just, it was supposed to be a really potent methamphetamine. Kind of like they, they, you ever, there was an internet meme going around a couple of years ago about this Russian drug called crocodile, mm. a certain kind of meth, and it was degenerate, like it, like, They were showing these addicts with their skin ripped off and like, you know, half of their arm gone. And it was just, you know, it was truly disgusting. Uh, And it was just meant to shock people and be like, watch out because this is invading the United States. You know, somebody says, hey, some Russian guy's like, hey, man, want to try Crocodile? You have to say (laughs) no. Say no right away. Your arm will be completely gone. Crocodile? But but bath salts was the same kind of thing. It's like, man, if somebody tries to offer you bath salts, this is a really bad drug and you're not going to, you know, (laughs) don't do it. Yeah, And that guy in Florida that ate another, was found eating another person's face. Oh, that was, yeah. No, and everybody nasty. said, and that's like a zombie. And everybody's like, oh my that's God, real. the zombie apocalypse is real. And everybody- <laughs> It's starting with him. Everybody called it bath salts. Okay. Um, but it wasn't. It was cocaine psychosis. <sighs> so it's just a guy that did way too much cocaine for way too long and <sighs> uh, ended up- Drugs are
0: bad. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, and ended up eating some dude's face.
0: S- um- Mike, I can't believe I didn't think of this, but we were talking about zombie powder before. Yes, we were. for some reason, I didn't until just now remember that there's a really tasty beer called Zombie Dust.
1: Oh, no, I don't think I've had Zombie Dust.
0: It's uh, Three Floyds Brewing makes it.
1: Okay, well, uh, it goes on my list.
0: Yeah, the description is an intensely hopped and gushing undead pale ale will be one's only respite after the zombie apocalypse. So apparently... You should have some on hand just in case like things get dire. I but think, I've I've tasted it and it's good. So I, I I thought it was a cool name and it's got a neat label with like a, a scary looking dude on it. I think
1: that sounds good. I've had the yeah. Zombie Hunter. Oh,
0: um, I haven't
1: heard of that. And uh, that is a fine, that's, a, that's another <laughs> fine beer.
0: I mean, it, <laughs> it's just funny how our culture is so, zombies are such a like widespread popular kind of thing that it's like, Beers are named after zombies, you right. know. Right.
1: <laughs> well, and actually, in 2014, um, there was this uh, zomb- this beer called um, Dock Street, and Dock Street made something called the Dock Street Walker, and um, it, it supposedly has um, brains. So, wait, what? Come again? Yeah. So Dock Street's based in Philadelphia, and it uses smoked goat brains um in it nasty so yeah so that's you can have your zombie beer can have real goat brains in it
0: <laughs> all right and then um, you're like a zombie because you're eating bra- right. or drinking brains
1: brains, right and so that's so that's what they're kind of doing uh so you can and we tr- try the walker from dock street brewing we
0: planned really poorly because we probably should have had had these beers on hand so we could. Right. Um, we should be drinking consume them, right
1: them. Now. we should be drinking them <laughs> while right now. we're
0: talking about zombies but that's okay maybe next time
1: well uh, one last thing before we get to our song for the week. And, and so th- that's just a little bit of the science for everybody behind how a zombie apocalypse could really happen, where zombies came from in the beginning, our, our, our legends about them, and our ideas about them. And also, uh, what you can do in case a zombie apocalypse does happen. That's right. Number one, you know, obviously, we know hit him in the brains. Uh, And second, you know, make sure you have your duct tape. Okay. So this comes from a place I used to work, WKBT in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. So I was the morning news director there for a couple of years uh, where I had to wake up at 3.30 in the morning every day. Um, But I did meet some very nice people and I enjoyed enjoyed working with them. Um, But that was a tough job and I'll never wake up early again. (laughs) Um, But this is, so this is a, a little story from February 13th, 2013. A goof up by some lacrosse disc jockeys caused WKB TV, TV viewers to hear a warning of a zombie attack. Awesome. <laughs> the message went out shortly after 7.30 a.m. Tuesday when the hosts of the Z93 morning show were joking about how hackers broke into the emergency alert system of a Montana TV station Monday and sent out the bogus warning. Well, Z93 is the prime station in the local emergency network, and when they played a tape of the hoax... The alert tones triggered WKBT News Channel 8's receiver, which automatically rebroadcast. Oh, the that's signal. hilarious. Viewers heard the message, which warned of dead bodies rising from their <laughs> graves in several Montana counties and attacking the living, as well as the local Gosh. DJ's
0: laughter. Oh, terrifying if you actually heard that. So, uh, it's like War of the Worlds, but the right, zombie version. Ex- except. Except the T V station wasn't in on the joke. Yeah, right. It's just automatic well, there's the argument for not automating it. Right. So it right?
1: automatically goes on. So uh w- WKBT um rebroadcasted that there was a zombie apocalypse uh to the, the scared people of lacrosse. And I mean lacrosse people have enough reason to be scared of with the <laughs> smiley face murder club operating on the Mississippi oh, River. Gosh. Yep. But that is for a different
0: Another episode. Day. All right. Well, well, this is this is a good time to remind everybody that um, links to the stuff we talked about are available on our website, which is
1: other side dot com slash 38.
0: Yes. And also, if you enjoy the show, if you'd be so kind as to go on iTunes and leave a nice review. Um, That would help us a lot for getting more exposure for the show and getting more people listening and getting more conversation going on the the weird stuff that we talk
1: about. Absolutely. And find us on Twitter, at Other Side Talk. And you can find our band on Twitter, uh, which is uh, the music that you're about to hear, at Sunspot Music. Yes. So say hello,
0: and we'd love to hear from you. And thank you for listening.
1: All right. Uh, This track is... Uh, A throwback to the Misfits, and this is for one of our friends who's working on a a web series right now about a zombie family. Uh, This track's called I Was a Teenage Zombie. Find us online at
0: OtherSidePodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.
1: Woo! Woo! Oh, oh. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Yeah!